Episode 26, how to be different and innovative in the traditional industry. Today's guest, I really like her, she's a legend. She teaches us about how she created a brand that gets cut through in a really competitive industry. We talk about uh, focusing on what your customers really, really want and how thinking outside the box just a little bit can transform your local business to one with national and even an international audience. This one's really useful and very, very relevant to any business who feels like, or business owner or marketer who feels like, yeah, I don't know how I'm different to the competition. I'm worried about disruption. This chat is going to be really useful for you. Please don't don't forget to review us on iTunes, Stitcher or Google Play or wherever and go and subscribe for free updates, regular giveaways and a whole heap of other fun stuff at thelocationstation.com. Being different and innovative. You're going to enjoy this one. to The Location Station, where we learn from extraordinary marketers and business owners about all the latest location-based marketing tactics and technologies, so you can attract and retain more customers near your business or brand. I'm your host, Dave Eddy. I'm extremely grateful for your time and attention today, so let's get cracking. Today's guest is Clarissa Raywood, aka the Happy Family Lawyer. Clarissa, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It is my absolute pleasure. I'm pretty excited to have you on board, as a matter of fact. Now, Clarissa, if uh, for those of you who have not heard of Clarissa, she's a lawyer, an author, a blogger, a podcaster. She runs a family law firm and a mediation firm in sunny Brisbane in Queensland. And she's also a wife and, and a mum. <laughs> so she's got plen- <laughs> plenty on her plate. And I'm sure she just had plenty, plenty of time spare to come on our show today. Um, so <laughs> she's also a bit of a fashionista uh, and if you've ever ever met her in person or you're ever anywhere that she is you'll know who she is because she's always wearing bright pink stuff and and bags and crazy sort of uh, fashionable stuff and, and I'm, I'm quite uh, pumped to have Clarissa on the show today because uh, no we're not going to be talking about legislation or, or the laws today at all hopefully um, but we are going to talk about how Clarissa has gone about building a really cool different uh, brand in in what is uh, you know law a, a pretty traditional some would say in, in in some parts archaic industry and also a very competitive industry and uh, Clarissa's done some things and is doing some things that have really uh, in my mind set her apart and and helped her build a um, an increasing increasingly uh, popular business and personal brand so uh clarissa there's a little bit that's all i know about you really um so (laughs) so i'm like where did the fashionista come from because that's not in my bio well that's what anyone (laughs) that wears personal observation (laughs) i've seen what you wear and that's fashionista uh compared to what i wear (laughs) so um yeah so there's a little bit about you but i'd love to hear um love for you to share your story with with our audience and let us know what you're up to at the moment Certainly. So I I am a family lawyer, as you say, up in Brisbane. And so family lawyer really means divorce lawyer, working with um, people going through separation and divorce, which is obviously a really difficult and unpleasant thing for most of the clients that I work with. And as such, the work itself can be pretty challenging as a lawyer. 
Um, I set up my business back in 2008 and knew from the outset that I wanted to create a business that was probably different in inverted commas to most law firms. But I don't think I really had any idea at that stage what running a business was like and I don't know, all of the things that went into it. I think I had this utopian idea that you sort of set up a business and and then you just went to the beach. <laughs> the business just sort of happened and I realised about two weeks in that that's clearly not at all what running a business entails. So um, I think luckily for me I am I'm a creative person at heart and so the side of business that I really enjoy is the marketing, is the business development, is the is the creative aspects of running a business more so than the legal aspects of running a law firm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I've just invested a lot of time and energy in trying to learn as much as I can about marketing, um, particularly when it comes to social media, those sorts of things. So I don't know, my story is like everyone's, it could go on for hours, but where I'm at now is, yeah, I've got a pretty good firm here in Brisbane. It's a very much a niche practice. So mm-hmm. just working in an area where families are staying out of the family courts. So very much using methods called collaborative practice and mediation, which mm-hmm. in plain language just means trying to find respectful ways of solving divorce um, challenges for people. Right, cool. And so for our listeners out there who are um, like, I'd love for you to walk uh, walk us through the process, I guess, that you went through when you when you say, I wanted a different business and, um, and, and you've obviously got a different sort of brand around, you know, the happy family lawyer um, and you describe yourself as being happy most of the time. Um, so time. I'm sure I'm sure it's more than just calling yourself that and setting up a website that's called the happy family family lawyer what are the what are the steps once you figured out how you wanted to be different what are the steps you went through to sort of uh, get to where you are today and and, and position yourself in, in the way you have I think my first learning was literally when I opened the firm we had a you know a party as one does to say celebrate <laughs> here I am yay for me I've opened this business mm-hmm. and you know we were a t- teeny tiny firm there was me um there were no other lawyers I had sort of two law students I had a receptionist and I had a PA and so in lawland that's a very very small practice um and we had a party where it was fancy dress and this is a common theme in my life I do a lot of stuff that involves fancy dress um and I think I did famous divorces or something was the theme so people had to come as couples that were famous divorcees um and as such, we did we did photos on the night and then I did a media release with those photos. And you had all these reasonably prominent lawyers dressed as divorcees. And I realised very quickly that the publications that are important to me in my industry were very interested in that sort of release. All of a sudden, my firm got quite a lot of media attention because it was something different. It was something a bit, you know, left of centre, um, a bit fun, all of those sorts of things. That was my first learning from a marketing perspective that, hang on a second, as a tiny firm, if you're just a bit mindful and think a little bit outside of the box, how can I how can I be seen in this big playing field? Yeah. Um, it worked really well. And so that was the first of it. Um, the blog and the happy family lawyer, I wish I could say to you, Dave, I had this amazing strategy and it's really played off, but I really <laughs> didn't. I literally... Um, I I like blogging. I'd sort of I'd watched a lot of. It's not a great term to use, but mummy bloggers. Mm-hmm. There's this whole world of mummy bloggers out there, and mm-hmm. um, there's some amazingly successful people that run great businesses off the back of quite good blogs. And mm-hmm. I'd sort of watched that space for a long time, and just thought that looks really fun. Like writing just about stuff looks really fun. <laughs> um, why don't I do that just because? And I was at a point in my career at the time where I was not having much fun and Mm -hmm. so I was sort of really starting to think about 
what am I going to do as a business owner? Do I want to keep running this business? Is this really what I want to be doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I by chance started the blog, The Happy Family Lawyer, more because I wasn't that happy. And I think it was me saying to myself, you're actually a pretty lucky person. Your yeah. life is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You should stop whinging about the stuff that at the end of the day is what it is. Like your microphone um, that was stuffing up before. Like, <laughs> Everybody, like if, if, if you can hear some feedback in the, in the, in the voice, the audio fault. quality, it's Clarissa's fault. <laughs> and I, I had to remind her. Podcast might work. And trust me, the happy family lawyer thing, sometimes it's not correct. She was really angry when that was happening. But I, I had to remind angry. her. <laughs> no, you're you're a little going, bit. Oh, my gosh. How can I as a podcast not make a podcast mic work? I had to Seriously. remind her that there's kids out there starving right now. And, yeah, and, and a bit of poor audio is not is the least of our worries. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, look, and that's the thing. You just try and keep things in perspective. So... The blog and the Happy Family Lawyer was a chance thing that had no strategy, had no plan, but has been a massive success, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if I was to reverse engineer that and try and understand what mm-hmm. that was about, it comes back again to being known for being known for something, being clear about what you want to be known for, and being able to articulate that mm-hmm. into the marketplace, mm-hmm. and using content marketing to really reinforce that message week by week. Um, and through the blog, I very much used Facebook to promote the content that I was writing each week, created a Facebook page, through that created a Facebook community. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've got quite a good, reasonably well-engaged community um, on that social media platform that's been incredibly valuable then for my business in terms yeah. of offering divorce solutions to people. Awesome. And, you, and you've kind of built your brand off the back of the, I guess, the, the need or the, um, the want in the market for easier, like um, less stressful, less, you know, tearing each other's faces off um, divorce processes because obviously no one wants to go through a, a terrible divorce um, that drags on for years and, you know, settlements and, um, <laughs> you know, just dragging on and affecting your emotional yeah. well-being. And so, so you've kind of fortune. yeah. So, so you've kind of built your brand around that. This is what we do, and this is where we try to take divorces, which is something I guess for our listeners who aren't lawyers, it's something that anyone like anyone could could find that problem. Anyone could find that uh, that thing that your customers are really uh, not liking about your industry, and and, and just positioning yourself to say this is how we do do things differently and building a brand off the off the back of that because let's face it like people people you know you look at if i went and looked at the 100 law um law firm websites they'd all pretty much say the same same sort yeah. of thing but you look at yours and uh thanks to john hollenberg who, who's a previous <laughs> guest on, on the show looks awesome and you just straight away know this is what they do differently that's and that's it and i think for me again it came from two places getting really clear from the outset about the challenges that people face when they're going through divorce and Mm -hmm. they're not legal, they're human and they're emotional, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also then playing to my strengths. I'm a natural problem solver. I enjoy um, genuinely getting to the heart of a challenge and solving it as many lawyers do. But what I also am not, one of my lack of strengths or Mm -hmm. something I'm not awesome at, or I don't really love doing is going to court. I don't love Mm -hmm. fighting with people. I don't love drafting long documents. So for me, I, I, in part, I built a business around what I saw as being a massive problem for the clients that I had worked with. Um, and then at the same time, my own 
drinks and sort of put the two together and went, there's a better way of doing this. And I think many of us working in industries like mm. law that are a bit stale, that have been around for a while, <laughs> that no one's ever really stopped and gone, is this actually a good idea, the way we do this stuff? Mm. Um, you can. You can just stop and go, hang on a second, this isn't good and there has to be an easier or better way. And as you say, then build a business and a brand around that. And and you made the point that, that law is, you know, it's, it's an old school kind of, business that's been around for a long time and, and things t seem to, to work slower um, or, or change slower. And, and in my mind, it's ripe for disruption, those sort of in industries. Uh, have you had any uh, backlash or negative sort of um, feedback from, from other industry peers ar around the way that you're doing it? Or has it all been like, wow, awesome, Clarissa, well done? <laughs> Yeah, no, the first of that. Um, so, yeah, no, like any time you stick your head above the, you know, the pack and say, here I am, I'm going to stand out and be a bit different to others, mm -hmm. you're going to get hit with negative feedback. And that's, mm -hmm. that's life. That's normal. And I think, you know, it comes back for me to choosing who you listen to. Yep. Um, there are a core group of people around me that if any of them said, okay, Clarissa, you've gone too far, mm -hmm. I'd probably say, okay, <laughs> I need to mm -hmm. take that piece of um, feedback and, and think about it versus as a random person that perhaps doesn't really understand what mm -hmm. I'm trying to do. I'd sort of say one of two things, either you're not my ideal client and mm -hmm. so that's fine. There's plenty of other lawyers that, that can still offer what you want um, or you're a colleague that perhaps isn't on the same wavelength as me and that's okay too there's a michael jackson song you could send them a recording of too <laughs> which one beat it oh. <laughs> yes i could yeah i just i think you can get so and this comes back to some of my you know more recent work around happiness you can get so tied up in the negative feedback if you really want to there's no shortage of people that'll tell you why you shouldn't mm. or couldn't or can't mm do something so you can get stuck in that headspace or you can back yourself um, listen to your clients I think too is something the shift I made when I started the happy family lawyer was to stop worrying about what the industry thought mm. and worry about the people that are ultimately I'm working with and if the clients weren't coming to my firm then I'd be saying okay well this isn't working this isn't what the market wants but while I continue to be reinforced from the marketplace that yeah. this is what they want then that's fine, and I'll continue down that path. Hundred percent agree. And if you look at, at any of the uh, any of the companies these days that are disrupting industries and doing really well, it's it's the ones that have bucked the trend, the industry trends, and gone for what the customer wants, the user experience. You look at Uber yeah. and Airbnb and uh, Facebook and Google. All they're just all focused on the end user, and they're not focused on what their peers or their competitors are doing or have done forever and um and i think anyone that doesn't really realize that and take action on it is gonna be left you know behind eventually especially yeah. in a competitive industry like law um so in in law I, i'm interested to know from your perspective what what other things are happening like technology wise and stuff like that that um, is shaking up your industry that you've got to kind of keep an eye on um I think they're probably really obvious things that have happened in other industries, but they're only just starting to waft into ours. One of them is outsourcing. So, you know, finally being able to send work overseas where it can be done much quicker. You can suddenly get 24-hour, you know, work patterns happening instead of nine to five. Mm -hmm. um, that's certainly starting to create some changes in how law firms operate. There were bigger law firms that were outsourcing, say, 10 years ago, but they wouldn't open up and tell people that mm. because they didn't want their brands to be – 
associated with the fact that they might be getting stuff done cheaper yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or in somewhere else. You know, <laughs> here we are charging thousands of dollars for this work. So we don't want to admit that mm. actually it's being done, you know, in the Philippines or in India or wherever it might have been done. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's an obvious change. What I'm also seeing um, is a lot more niche practices than bigger practices. So you're really starting to see offshoots of big firms, big people leaving big firms, people mm. setting up small boutiques, specialising yeah. in tiny things. Well, it's much being easier able to now, really right? manage. It is. Yeah. And the barriers to entry for business are gone. So yeah. as long as they've got a computer, a phone and a website, they can largely work anywhere. Um, and then we're seeing lots of collaborative type business models popping up. So one of probably the most well-known at the moment in Australia in our industry is a platform called Law Advisor, which was started by a really young guy, Brennan Ong. Mm-hmm. He's... Um, got investment going on at the moment from Facebook, from Google, wow. <laughs> you know, just small companies that have said, yeah. oh, yeah, we Here's think you're onto bucks. something here, buddy. <laughs> yeah. um, and what he's in essence done is created a platform where lawyers can register themselves, if I could call it that, where mm-hmm. I can go on and say, here, I'm, in, I'm a family lawyer. And then clients can go on and say, well, I've got a job. Mm-hmm. So he's, I don't know, he's like a broker service almost. But yeah. Um, this is like Law Path. There's another one called Law Path. Law Path, exactly. So yeah. yeah, they're all quite similar concepts, but mm-hmm. again, all of a sudden breaking down the um, monopoly mm. on both lawyers and work. Mm. Um, so, and you're starting to see these collaborations between different professionals with outside of their individual firms yeah. um, on some of those sorts of platforms. So. They're the obvious ones, I think, that I'm seeing. And There's, at times, sorry, you go. Oh, I, I was just going to say, uh, a client of mine here in Newcastle who's who's actually got a family law firm, he was telling me that uh, he heard of uh, auto, um, artificial intelligence judges making decisions like they're testing yeah. them in, in the ne- Netherlands or in something. In the Netherlands at the moment, uh, that's which, right. Which yeah. we, we had a good chat about. I think you and I talked about this briefly as well, but... Um, It'd be really interesting to see where that goes because my understanding of the law is that it's never black or white. There's always a bit of grey. So Yes, <laughs> and that's it. I think, you know, there's probably two parts to law. There's the, the area of law that I practice in is the people with hurt feelings parts of law. Yeah. Um, and that's family law, criminal law, personal injuries, those sorts of things. Yeah. And I like to think, and maybe I'll be proved wrong, but I like to think that as human beings – with hurt feelings, we're probably always going to want to ultimately deal with a human in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. Um, versus the detailed analysis of a very long, boring contract. Yeah. Um, I think that's where artificial intelligence completely will disrupt our space mm-hmm. because a computer will be able to analyse um, not only the case law that you know has gone in the past, but mm-hmm. also those particular terms, and then compare yeah. it with a myriad of other contracts and give a probably a much more concrete answer than a specialist lawyer could. Which again will, will uh, enable more and more lawyers, I guess, and, and not just lawyers, but other professionals to go and start their own thing. It lowers the barrier to entry. Uh, even in yeah. our space in marketing, we had a uh, we had a call with an interview with uh, Paul Reitzer, who's the uh, founder of the Art- Marketing Artificial Intelligence Institute uh, earlier this year. And he was telling me about some really cool stuff that that AI can do now in terms of yeah. interpreting and reading analytics reports and uh, you know marketing automation and that kind of stuff. So yeah. uh, I, I agree with you. Like I, I think that I think that anything process driven and you know um, data entry type stuff, it's going to be great to have these tools at our disposal. But it's going to be kind of tricky to replace that that empathy part, the, the personal sort of emotional part. Yeah, which is then where I think it's so valuable to have a personal brand. Um, yeah. 
and you know be known as a person in your industry that potentially is standing mm-hmm. out from the pack mm-hmm. um, because I think the, there will be more automation there will be more and more and more that's taken away and I've already seen that in the last five years in my firm like mm-hmm. the the requirements in terms of what I do now versus five years ago are very different mm-hmm. um, but I like to think again that as people are looking to do business with people in whatever industry it is, mm-hmm. um, it will, you, obviously, if you've got a decent personal brand, you stand for something, you're clear about your messaging, it's mm-hmm. going to be much easier to attract customers in that market. Absolutely, definitely. And <laughs> hopefully hopefully, Facebook's uh, AI on, on approving uh, ads gets better as well. <laughs> just just for <laughs> our audience. Uh, Clarissa, Clarissa sent a, uh, I'll post a screenshot of a, fa- a notification from Facebook where they, they disapproved her ad because it it uh it was misleading or something because unrealistic was, uh, and unlikely yeah yeah as in as in a, a lawyer could not be happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah all i was trying to do was boost my podcast for the week which was yeah a great episode about a lawyer who is deeply quite happy and yeah facebook said no we're not allowing you to boost that because it's unrealistic and Zuck, unlikely Zuckerberg's like, i thought can't... oh golly yeah. <laughs> don't even know what to do with that come on now <laughs> other than post a screenshot of it that was all i what to do with it. I was uh, like, what do you even do with that? They don't like porn. They don't like guns. They don't like you know um, blasphemy and racism. And they also don't believe don't like in happy, happy people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was very strange. Oh, anyway. That's great. So t- I'd love to hear about some of the. Um, you've got you've got three different websites. So you've got the Brisbane Family Law Centre, the Brisbane uh, Family Mediation Centre, and also the Happy Family Lawyer, the ones that yeah. I know of. So three yeah. different brands. Uh, three different sites. Uh, I'd love to hear about w- what your marketing tactics have been around that and why you chose to split those apart. Um, yeah, I- I'd love to hear some of your tricks, I yeah. guess. Yeah, so Brisbane Family Law Centre is my core business, has been my core business since 2008. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that website, I guess I was lucky. I was an early adopter with websites. I remember when I set my firm up, I was very happy to say to the Yellow Pages man, no, I'm not <laughs> investing $30,000 in my small ad ever again. Goodbye. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, worked out very quickly through a company at the time called Magic Dust how to create a $500 website. And, <laughs> I, you know, I've really invested a lot of time in sort of learning myself and mm-hmm. I still have nowhere near the knowledge that people like you would have, Dave, but I've got enough knowledge to to sort of get the basics. So that's that was my core business. Mm-hmm. The Happy Family Lawyer obviously started as a blog back in 2013 and that, mm-hmm. again, started as a $195 WordPress blog site. Yep. It was just something I was doing just because so there was no business strategy with that. But within about 12 months, I started to realise, hang on a second, I'm onto something here. People are reading what I'm writing mm-hmm. This has got legs and it gets a lot of traffic. So I've kept BFLC, Brisbane Family Law Centre, and the Happy Family Lawyer as two separate brands mm-hmm. um, because my personal brand, the Happy Family Lawyer, gives me a lot more flexibility in what I can do, a lot yeah. more creativity with what I can do versus my law firm at the end of the day is a law firm. Yeah. Um, but I use my personal brand to drive, obviously, work back mm-hmm. into my law firm. Separate to that, I run the Brisbane Family Mediation Centre, which um, again is another business model offering services to people going through separation. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I think if you're looking for a mediation service, it's a bit easier again to have that separate than sort of Mm -hmm. buried in the Brisbane Family Law Centre website. So for me, it comes back to as a consumer... (laughs) What, what would be easier? Yeah, what yeah. am I looking for? How can I find it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so 
keeping them separate for me. I think has worked better for that reason. Which I think is really clever, and 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 we might th- we might think that having a strong personal brand and 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 strong corporate brands, brand or brands is is about us, but it's actually like you just said, it's about your customer, it's about your consumer, and what makes things easier for them to consume. And it makes sense that if someone's really looking for mediation. Uh, as opposed to the normal divorce kind of court process and they want mediation and they find your website that's uh, all about mediation, then it, yeah. it, it's going to be more likely to talk to that person, uh, which is, I think, clever. I, I think even at, like from a, from a web, website perspective, uh, I see websites that have internal landing pages or, uh, about different service categories or product categories um, the businesses that put effort into those internal pages and make them more like a homepage content rich experience always seem to be doing better out of them rather than going, hey, we're a law firm and here's um, a, a couple of basic service pages about what we do. Um, yeah. Because you want to you want to put yourself across as a specialist in each area that you are a specialist in, I guess. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, law firms and websites, we could talk about this for hours because it's <laughs> such a problem. Um, and again, most of it is just because people don't know. They don't understand what mm. the purpose of that is. So before you know it, it really just becomes an About Us page where it just talks about how many years of experience the particular law firm has mm. as opposed to potentially answering any of the questions that a client would mm. have when they're landing on those sites. Yeah. Um, something I had to grapple with with the Happy Family Lawyer site, and I've, I've sort of approached it from what the angle that you're talking about. So it started as just a blog that was talking about divorce relationships, those sorts of things, and that's all it really was. And then I um, started to get a lot of lawyers contacting me saying, hang on, I really like what you're about. You're you know, opening up this dialogue around better ways of practicing as a lawyer. I believe in what you what you do. And it sort of started to open up a marketplace for me around lawyers. And then obviously last year and this year, I've, I've um, pivoted slightly with that brand to really talk to lawyers about happiness yeah. and wellness and overcoming some of the mental health challenges we have in our industry. That's what your podcast so, is about, isn't it? That's what my podcast is about. Yeah. yeah. So with my website, I, I had to sort of redesign it because I was like, well, I've got people coming onto this site because they want to learn about divorce. And then I've got lawyers coming onto this site that potentially practice in construction law that would have no interest at all mm-hmm. in <laughs> articles about divorce. Like, how do I structure this? So John, to his credit, John Hollenberg, very simple little question on the homepage. It says, I am a, mm. and it gives you a drop down three options, person going through divorce, lawyer looking to be happier, mm. professional working in the divorce space, I think are the three options. So it, then at least... The, the customer, the consumer is pushed to the stuff they need rather than trying to fight their way through my messy website. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> trying which, to work out who they are. Which best describes you, Omar? Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah. So just simple, Clever. simple ways of, you know, and I think if, you know, if you're a business, law firms are like this. Often law firms don't just practice in family law. Often they practice in family law and criminal law and mm-hmm. all these different areas. Mm-hmm. Like how can you make it really simple for the person landing on your site mm-hmm. to go to the bit they want without having to siphon through 50 pages. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, oh yeah, I, I was going to ask with the with the expansion of, you know, the Happy Family Lawyer and the popularity of the blog, um, you've obviously named your your main practice Brisbane Family Law Center and that kind of talks mainly to people in Brisbane, but has has the other brand sort of expanded your location targeting expanded the reach of where you're actually gaining clients from yeah definitely so yeah exactly we're now um i'm getting clients and i work with people all over the country and so 
my bigger vision and I guess what I'm working on at the moment actively is yeah. looking at creating a franchise or a licensed model of this business um, awesome. to be able to then have the Sydney Family Law Centre or the Melbourne Family Law Centre or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing I'm pausing on is the name there. I feel like it's time to just create an easier name just yeah. so that I can also have the Byron Bay Family Law Centre and, yeah, and hopefully yeah. spend my days on the beach finally. <laughs> um, it's like how many business names do I need to register? But conceptually, that's exactly what I what we're working on in here at the moment is how do we um, how do we service people outside of Brisbane and it is a bit tricky when you've named yourself Brisbane Family Law Centre. Yeah. People uh, ring from Melbourne and they're yeah. like, hang on. <laughs> I think that the, the, this is a really important point, I guess, especially for our audience. We focus on location-based marketing, but um, as as we're learning, uh, there's so many opportunities with, with the internet to, um, you know, the, the, this podcast is, is about local marketing and location-based marketing but it's also about uh, innovation and disruption and and expanding outside of your your local area which you've done well we interviewed uh, ian jones on a on a early episode he's an insurance broker who's niched down into a couple of industries doing floor uh doing insurance for the flooring industry and also news agents and that's yep. done the same thing as as it's done for you is um being able to be seen as a national business because he's niching down. So I think we're going to see lots more of that um, in in all different types of industries and even even not just you know national and, and interstate, but international, um, we see a lot of that now too. Uh, if you can really specialise and tailor your brand to be good at that one thing, even if you've traditionally only been a local business servicing a, a certain geographical area um you can open that up because let's face it we can talk we can talk like you and i are talking now or um through video call if your audio works okay um and <laughs> and if the job's getting done more efficiently then why not you know that's the thing and i think i i that's one of the absolute passions i have at the moment around technology is that it's just broken down all of these barriers for business so yeah. you know i actively am looking for opportunities to work with people outside of brisbane mm -hmm. um and all of our messaging over the last sort of two to three years has really shifted away from mm -hmm. being very location um centric to suddenly saying you know we do work with people all over the country the law is the same all over the country we use skype yeah <laughs> i can use skype <laughs> without my pod mark obviously um, <laughs> we use whatever it is that we need to use we can help you in whatever way we can mm -hmm. um and it's pretty easy to travel around this country now so if for some reason you needed to see a client in sydney in melbourne in some wonderful remote location you can do it and i think the minute you open your mind up to the fact that um, niching is incredibly powerful, gives you incredible brand exposure. Um, the, it, someone described it to me that it, niching closes doors and windows and opens roofs. And I think Ooh. that's a really good analogy because it does. It shuts off. You, there is work you will not be able to do. The minute you say, I specialize in this, mm. there'll be things you, you simply won't be able to do anymore. You'd be saying no. But it suddenly opens up this whole area of opportunity um, that you probably won't see until you do it. And you can still smash through the closed windows anyway if you really want to. If you really want to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to. Yeah, it, and you know, it's ironic because in here I say we specialise in keeping people out of the court process mm -hmm. and yet we still get a lot of people coming to us who are in the court process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um but what they're looking for is our approach. They're looking for someone that's going to ideally get them out of the court process. So they're, yeah. you know, they're still saying, "Look, I know this is where I'm at, but mm -hmm. I don't want to be here. Get me out." So I guess that's almost the smashing through the windows a little bit. Yeah, thing. right. So, so tactic. Like we've talked about your brand and your unique positioning and your blogging um, and your website a little bit. Uh, what about like specific 
has there been any specific tactics apart from putting all this content out there and your podcast and your blog? Um, has there been any specific other social media tactics that you've found have worked well? Um, yes, on social, the main platforms that I've worked with um, have been Facebook is sort of my primary platform and still is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram over the last 12 months, I've spent a lot more time trying to understand and we've always used YouTube quite heavily in here as well. Mm-hmm. Um my learnings with Facebook, or sorry, my learnings with social media, uh, every platform is different mm-hmm. and learn one platform at a time mm-hmm. and really coming back to getting an understanding of the platform, getting an understanding of the content that, that does well on the particular platform and then creating content specific to platforms. So with my blog, as an example, if I'm writing and I know that I want to push my blog onto Facebook, my writing is very friendly. It's sometimes even funny. It's just relaxed. It's it's mm-hmm. easy to access because most people reading on Facebook, um, they're not reading. <laughs> they're not there to have like some big deep intellectual conversation. They're just there to go, cool, three things I learned, that's cute, move on. Yep. Um, versus if I'm writing on LinkedIn, which is where a lot of my colleagues sit, I will write a more legally thought out article perhaps than mm-hmm. I would ever write on Facebook. And mm-hmm. I think what I've seen where I've seen people get stuck using social is that they sort of produce one piece of content and then just push it out on six platforms without Mm -hmm. any variation Mm -hmm. to that piece of content. My other big learning on Facebook particularly is that the happy family lawyer who is Clarissa Mm -hmm. has been very well received on, on Facebook. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I share quite openly. I share pictures of my family. I share what I'm doing with my daughter. I share when I can't plug in a podcast mic and I've tipped everything <laughs> off my desk and, you know I show all these parts of my life from here I am being a serious human to here I am being a normal idiot that can't do things well mm-hmm. um, and that is really well received versus on the Brisbane Family Law Centre Facebook page our engagement is so much lower because who really wants to engage mm. with Brisbane Family Law yeah, Centre yeah, like yeah. well lovely that's great yeah. but um, no one really on a Sunday wants to be seen chatting to a divorce law firm and so therefore, the minute I realised that the Happy Family Lawyer was a much better avenue, I invested all my time and energy into that avenue. Awesome. Um, so I think, yeah, like you've got to play to learn unless you're a Dave Eddy who's an expert in the stuff and I guess people could just engage you and that solves the problem. <laughs> but I think if you're like me and you're running a business and you, you want to do some of this stuff, sometimes you just got to waste a bit of time and energy and just try and just put stuff out there and just see. And if it worked, go cool. And especially if you're a personal, if you're, you've got this personal brand building thing, like it's, you, you can't just hire an agency to, to build that. Like you have to have some input and some commitment from you, the person, like you, you've got to, you've got to be involved yeah. with it, which, which I think is a really cool thing about marketing these days, because as you sort of mentioned before, it used to be go and give yellow pages $30,000 a year. And, <laughs> and, you know, back in the nineties, that would, that would, that would be your leads, but now, uh, not, not going to happen that way. <laughs> yeah, don't tell yellow pages that though. They seem to still do really well in the regions. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I like I can tell straight up when someone's not running their own social media platforms. And mm-hmm. I must say, it it really annoys me. It annoys me when I've taken the time to read something that someone's you know written or whatever it might be, and I've mm-hmm. commented on it. And there's crickets at the other end <laughs> because <laughs> you can tell that that. You know, that isn't being managed by the person that's actually doing it. And I think to do well on social media, particularly platforms like Facebook and Instagram, 
um, you need to be the actual person behind the posting and you need to be willing, once you've put something up, you need to be ready and available to comment and to, you know, chat to people because it's called social media for a reason. That that was what was intended. It's meant to be slightly social. Could not could not agree more. Uh, what else What else can we talk about, Clarissa? What, are, what <laughs> other cool stuff have you done that would be helpful for our audience, do you reckon? Um, fashion tips? Fashion tips. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get fashion tips. Uh, I think probably another thing that really helped me with marketing is something, again, playing to strengths and being passionate about um, and we're doing it again this year, so I'll give it a plug, mm-hmm. is for the last five, six years, I think we did five or six, I can't remember, every year we did a charity pantomime. Oh, what? So for any, uh, yeah, so for anyone listening that doesn't know what a <laughs> pantomime is, it's basically like, it's a bit like a musical, just that when I put it together, um, we can't actually sing. So it's a bad musical and it's a show. So I've had a big background in performing arts and so I worked out, Early on, I had a friend approach me. She worked for a domestic violence agency. They had no funding. She said, we need money. Can you help me put together Mm -hmm. a pitch to government to get funding? And I looked at her and I said, no, I have no idea how to do that. (laughs) Um, But what I can do is put on a show because that's what I spent my whole childhood doing. (laughs) Um, And so let's do that. Let's raise money by doing a silly show. So it's, it's called a pantomime. We did it for five years. Every year I would put together a group of lawyers um, we'd, you know, rehearse for a couple of weeks very badly. We'd do this silly show. Our friends would come and buy tickets. And as a result, we'd raise money for charity. And over the years, we've raised close to $100,000 for different charities. Um, and so the thing with something like that, again, for a tiny business like mine, is the minute you're doing something that's a bit different, that's a bit interesting, not only is it helping a charity or a community, it's building relationships with your colleagues, mm. uh, but it's also an opportunity to get some exposure. Mm-hmm. You're doing something that's, a, you know, the media will suddenly be interested because you've got a story to tell. Mm-hmm. So my point is, whatever business you're in and whatever you're doing, and if you're tiny like me and you don't have massive budgets to go and spend on stuff mm-hmm. you've got to think a bit outside the box what can we do that's a bit different that justifies some attention and and with the with the not not having the the you know the expectation that it's going to give us leads straight away but the expectation no. that it's going to build our brand constantly and then things are just going to come back to us eventually yeah and so you know in brisbane particularly i've got known before i was the happy family lawyer i got known as that weird girl that does that show every year and she (laughs) makes all of those people dance like what a ridiculous thing to be doing but (laughs) at least i was known for doing something (laughs) and and i think i think that's that's also half the point like in an industry where there'll be fifty thousand versions of you it's very helpful if you can at least be known as the person that does this thing that's a bit different to everyone else. Yeah, definitely. And guess what, Clarissa? We're, we're going to find out a little bit more about um, you in a second. Do you know why? Because <laughs> you're doing your 12-question thing? <laughs> it's 14. 14? <laughs> that was close. <laughs> and I kind of want st- to shake up the order because uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned you're singing and one of our questions is... Uh, <laughs> I don't sing. <laughs> Well, one of your questions is, can you rate your own singing voice out of 10? Zero. Okay. Can, can you prove that for us? No. Are you sure? Okay. I'm positive. Right, I good. really can't sing. I, dancing. Dancing. That's my thing. Singing, not my thing. All right. Well, how about the other 13 questions? Are you ready go. for those? Okay, cool. Where did you go to high school? Alstonville High School in northern New South Wales. Yeah. And what was your first job and why didn't you stick to it? <laughs> I was a dance teacher. Excellent. And I did stick to it 
and I still sort of do that a bit now. There okay, you go. Cool. I'll be sure to not hit you up for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. no one can help me dance. <laughs> what has been your biggest stuff up in business so far? Oh, golly. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think early on my biggest stuff ups were not making decisions like uh-huh. not dealing with problems fast enough. And often those problems were team related mm-hmm. and letting stuff sort of simmer yep. when I should have just been much more, no, you've got to, that person needs to go or mm-hmm. whatever it is, this isn't working. So I think that's been my biggest learning is to just be much more business owner rather than friend yep. and be really clear when things are not working and take action. You come across as a pretty decisive person these days. Yeah, and I think that's right. Like the older the older you get, I'm turning 40 this year. I have so got time for this shit. The older you get, the clearer you get. I think that's the only good thing about getting older, I've decided. Oh, the cool. clearer you get, the clearer you get about yourself. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the longer you're in your business, the more you learn, obviously. So you, you mm-hmm. do, I think I've certainly got better at going, okay, I know where this goes now. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. solve it now. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you most proud of? Oh, um, is this in life generally or in business? <laughs> Oh, yeah, being on Dave's podcast. Ah, yeah, yeah. well, thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. We're we're actually going to move on because I'm going to take that as the answer. What are you most excited about at the moment? Um, What am I most excited about at the moment? In a business sense. I know, I keep going, being on Dave's podcast, yeah, aside from that, that's number one. Number two, um, I like at the moment I've just launched my, my book, The Happy Lawyer, happy life book and there's a whole lot of stuff happening there so that's been that's been really fun where can people and find that on my happy family lawyer website surprisingly cool google that google that oh you're finished yeah with that? Oh, cool. well i could go on for hours but i'm like <laughs> <laughs> i'll just being on dates show. moving on <laughs> this is um i really want to hear the answer to this what is something Uh-oh. weird that you used to do as a kid oh um <laughs> weird yeah I should have really thought about these questions. <laughs> I, I grew up with two brothers in a household where we did no end of sport. So I did a lot of surf life saving as a child and a lot of swimming and a lot of surfing generally. So I don't know that that fits in the weird category, mm. but that's how I spent my childhood. That's pretty much all I remember. I'm going to I'm gonna read that answer as I don't want to tell you, Dave, because I'm sure there's weird <laughs> stuff that you did as a kid because you do Not weird really. stuff. It was pretty as, boring, Dave. Uh, okay, okay. It's <laughs> pretty boring, normal kid. <laughs> Holding the cards close to her chest. Um, yeah, nothing overly weird. <laughs> who's your favourite band or musician? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm in a bit of an Ed Sheeran Adele phase at the moment, but I'm not really a person that's overly banned. You know, mm-hmm. I just like listening to music. I don't have a particular thing. What about I go food? Through phases. What about food? food. What's your favourite food? Chocolate. Like, ah, got it. Describe, <laughs> so the last, describe the last picture you remember taking on your phone. Um. Well, yesterday I was taking pictures of us taking pictures of us. There you go. That's just weird. <laughs> In <laughs> the mirror. The <laughs> we were doing a photo shoot, so I was taking photos of the photo shoot. There oh, you go. cool. Is that just a regular Thursday thing, team photo Pretty shoot? much at BFLC, yeah. yeah. Got it. And what's one habit, uh, apart from taking photos of your, you and your team all the time, that you have that you'd love to change? 
man. I don't know, because if I want to change something, I just change it. Habit. Habit that I'd want to change. Probably not answering questions. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, cool. But seriously, if I want to change something, I just go, I'll change that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really... Yeah. There's that decisiveness again. And what about yeah. what's uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, just trust yourself, back yourself. Mm-hmm. And the happiest yeah. day of your life so far? Uh, being a happy family lawyer, I'm sure there's lots of these to choose from. <laughs> um, my happiest days are not work days. They're you know <laughs> family days. They're things like hanging out with my daughter and yeah. I, and I guess hanging out with my husband too, he's okay. Um, so <laughs> that stuff, that's the thats the stuff that I think makes us all live at the end of the day. Cool, love it. And Clarissa, final question. What do you love most about yourself? Oh, um, I like that I'm incredibly optimistic, I think. Mm-hmm. It's my strength and my failure all the time. But yeah, and I like that I largely can make anything happen if I really put my mind to it. That's pretty good. Pretty good quality. <laughs> well, Chris, I think there's lots of, lots to love about you and I'm excited to watch. Uh, uh, I'm excited to have had you on the show and I'm sure uh, there's lots of people listening now that are thinking, yeah, you know what? I'm not super happy with where I am and where my brand is and I know I've got to change. And if, if there's one or two bits of, of useful advice that you've got from this show with Clarissa, then please go and put them into action um clarissa thank you very much for coming on the show i'd love to have you on again sometime and uh yeah we'll say goodbye thanks dave my absolute pleasure have a good one listened all the way to the end of this episode i think it means that you've got some value out of it i hope so in return we'd love it if you could go and leave us a review on itunes stitcher google play or wherever just search the location station and don't forget to go and subscribe for free updates regular giveaways and a whole heap of other stuff fun stuff at thelocationstation.com And I'm not whispering because I want you to keep this podcast a secret. Please share with any business owner or marketer who you think will find our stuff valuable. Now go on, go and action some of the stuff that we learnt today. I'll see you on the next episode.